Welcome to our Pnimi. This is Saratova Beth. Hey, Teves. Parshas Vayigash. We're going to do a little short something. Um, here we see in the Parsha, of course, we, we're talking about two completely different energies. And it all has to do with Hey, Tavis. Of course, what is Hey, Tavis? Hey, Tavis was, to say it in a simple way, a um, hesitation about Mashiach and Geula. Is that a good way to say it? A red light on Mashiach and Geula. Because Hey, Tavis came along. And everything that we learned during Hanukkah, everything that Hanukkah is about, that comes to its peak with Hey, Tavis. What does that mean? What was Hanukkah about? Hanukkah was about, very simple, Lashkicham Tarasecha. The enemy came along to make you forget the one and only truth. That this is not just a book. Tarah is not just a book. It's Hashem's book. It's Hashem's Tarah. All of reality revolves around that. All of reality revolves around that. Okay. So when it came to the moment during Hanukkah that we understood, we, we, we came to the moment of truth where we realized it was time to be ready to give our lives al Kiddush Hashem to maintain or to stand up and verify and declare the truth. The Tyra is Tyra Secha. It's Hashem's Tyra. It's not just a book. It's not just a very interesting code of moral code. It's, it's, it's divine wisdom. It's one with Hashem himself. And that divine wisdom that's one with Hashem himself is one with you. So you become, you are one piece with Hashem. And, and through Tyra, you're even more so. Boom. And therefore, when the enemies came along and said, in the time of the Greeks, to make us forget that one and only truth, we wouldn't forget it. 2,000 years later, we come to Yotes Kislev. Yotes Kislev is not just remembering or knowing that in your heart, but learning about it, knowing about it in your mind, in your intellect, in every aspect of your life. And then we came to one more point. And the one more point is, hey, Tavis. Hey, Tavis, again, there is a dispute. The Taira, the Sfarm of the Nasi Hadar, they belong to him, they belong to us. What is this all about? The Sfarm of the Nasi Hadar, is that, does that have any connection with us? What is it all about? What is our connection with the Nasi Adar? All of that goes into dispute. And all the Taira that you're going to hear from the Nasi Adar. What is it really? Where does it fit in, in all of history? And all of that goes into dispute. To the point of having to be um, discussed in federal court. To go through the justice system of America, whatever is left of it. This whole same point, from Hanukkah to Yotes Kisle, to Hey Tavis, all the one and only point. What is this connection of, a, of Tyra with Hashem? 
So what is this connection of the Jew with Tyre, with Hashem? What is it all about? So, with that introduction, as we prepare for Hetavis and Parshas Ayikash, what we see is, and we'll just do this very briefly, we see an encounter between the brothers of, of um, facing Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef HaTzadik at this point was the representative of Paro, and Yehuda was the representative of the Jews. And here you have a face-to-face encounter. And what's that all about? It starts off in the Parsha that Vayigashalav Yehuda. Yehuda approaches Yosef. He approaches essentially Paro, the representative of Paro. And he will not back down. He will not back down. He will insist on truth. In this case, the truth comes in insisting that his little brother should be returned to his father, which is a piece of the whole truth of Yaakov Avinu's truth, of Tyre truth, faith Yaakov, of the truth of Tyre. It's one piece of it. And Yehuda will not back down. So at that moment, what you what it looks like is that Yehuda is approaching the ruler of the world, and he better he better be pretty pretty humble, because after all, who has the power? The ruler of the world. They didn't know it was Yosef. Who has to come and beg? The Jews. On the other hand, and what's brought out in the sikh is one of the things you see is as much as really he wasn't in power, Yehuda, he was kind of asking for a favor. He stood up with a what's called a breitkeit, a, a strength, insisting on the truth, and he did not back down. And by the way, at the end, in the Haftarah, it says, take one stick and write on it Yehuda. Take another stick and write on it to Yosef. These two, these two that we're dealing with in the Parsha, and the Haftarah says, put the two of them together, and they become one stick. And so Hashem says, I take you, Yidin, from among the nations, and I make you into one nation. There'll be one king for you. And David, my servant, Mashiach, will be your servant forever. And... And all of the nations will understand Aniyavaya. So, where does this all take us? How is it brought out? The Lubavitcher Rebbe is bringing out in the Sikha. What is this? What, what, what are we getting from this? Because according to the truth of what was really going on, remember, here you have all the brothers standing in front of whom they think is the representative of Paro. They think this is more or less Paro's guy. They don't know it's their brother, Yosef. Which, that's a whole topic. Does that mean, are we understanding, this is a core-to-core moment in history that really denotes all of Gullus. We stand in front of the, we're standing in a moment in history right now where, you know, people say, submit to the, the government 
or else you'll won't get all the government money. And whatever they decide to tell you to do, just do it. After all, you need government money. We are at that moment in history. And what we're not under, and what we're saying is a, it's a big, scary government. And this, what they're saying, we'll never survive without them. The ruling government will never manage without them. If not for them giving us what we need, we will not survive on our own. That's the prevailing mood right now. And therefore, whatever they tell us to do, if it's good or not, healthy or not, etc., etc., we've got to do it. Because what the world is, what the Jewish world is saying is, we're standing in front of Paro. He's got a lot of power and money. We can't start playing games now. And yes, it looks like, as we know, when we thought we were standing, the brothers, the Shvatim, thought they were standing in front of Paro. Were they? Turned out they were actually facing their own brother. So all these powerful, big government guys and agencies with all the money and all that stuff, are they as powerful as they appear? Or are they more malleable than we think? Are they more malleable with a, you know, to a Yid than the Yid understands? I heard last night Mordechai Rubashkin telling a story when he was he was in the middle of Tehillim, and it was, oh, it was Sukkot. And he was in the Sukkah, and when he was in what he calls a place called prison, he was in the Sukkah, and he was with a of an Esrog, and he was maybe saying what he, you know, he was in the middle of Sfila, and all of a sudden, the bell rang, and everybody, you know, they would have these emergencies all the time, everybody has to go back to their cell and be locked in. So he's in the middle of the Sukkah, so he has to go out. He's holding the Sukkah, he's holding the Lulav. The lulav is not, does not look good because it looks like a weapon. You could poke somebody in the eye with it, God forbid. So he was hoping nobody would see him. And he didn't want to be mafsic in the middle of, of his tefillah and his tehillim. He didn't want to stop. So he made a decision. This is what a yid is. This is what a yid does. We don't compromise. So... Boom, as he's walking back to his cell, the warden is there, like the big guy, the big, you know, and sees him. And he's thinking, <laughs> I'm not going to speak. I can't speak now. So what's going to be? And this, you know, big guy, a guy came up to him and asked him, you know, hey, Rabashkin, what's that thing you have? And he went, no, no, ah, no, no, ah, you know. And it's showing him that he can't speak. Nu nu ah ah. Now nu nu ah ah in the, in such a place could get a person in solitary confinement for some amount of time. Pretty terrifying. But he decided this is what Hashem wants. Hashem put him in that place called prison. He's not going to speak at a time when you're not allowed to speak. So he went. He's kind of pointed and went, no, no, uh-uh, no, 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 uh-uh, and he was pointing. And the warden or whomever looked at him, you know, like, what? Just, and another guy with this warden said, come on, let's get out of here, let's go. And they left. So he said, and he went back to his cell and he finished his davening 
with the Lulav and Esrog, etc. Next day, he went over to this warden or this big guy to apologize and said, Gee, uh, you know, I'm really sorry that I answered you disrespectfully yesterday. I, I didn't answer you, but I was in the middle of my prayers and I wasn't able to speak. So I do want to apologize for uh, that kind of conduct. And so this warden fellow said to him, yeah, I figured you're up to something like that. And also didn't take away his lulav, all that. Miraculous. Said, yeah, I figured you and your things, your religious things, I figured you're up to something like that. Okay, didn't bother me. That was an open miracle. He did like Yehuda. Yehuda just like, this is it. No compromises, no, but the guy has so much power, what are you going to do? He just went straight, you know, but Hashem has more power. Hashem's the one who put the non-Jew in front of me. So it's not a simple posture to take, but this is an example of it. Here is, on, on, on some level, it's the recognition that if the big guy is standing in front of you and saying, you know, boom, this is what has to be, on some level at this moment in history, this is very easy to say, you know, very nice words. Hashem should never test me, Pastor Shalom. But on some level, how could what this big guy is really my brother? Well, he is now being sent as a messenger from Melech Malchem Lachem Kadesh Baruch Again, very easy words to say. But in the case of Yehuda and the representative of Paro, the representative of Paro melted into becoming their brother, their very own brother, Yosef. That was not something they would have imagined as an outcome. But they acted with what's called a starkite. So, just to finish off, according to Amitif and Yanim, the truth, Yaisav Atzadik was Shalit Ala'aretz. He was the ruler of the world. So, what it brings out, um, so Yaisav is the one who brings out the Taikas, the power of Yidin in Mitzrayim. He's the one. But Yaisav. And therefore, um, You don't have to depend on the power of Yehuda. But since all things in Tyra are eternal and true, and we're asking the question, was it correct for Yehuda to approach the ruler of the civilized world the way he did with such power? You know, I need my brother back now. We have to say that the taika of Yehuda, the strength, the stubbornness, the power of Yehuda, was not a temporary thing, but rather it creates the type of the power, the determination of Yehuda in that scene, creates a chiddush, even relative to the power of Yosef at that time. Yosef Tzadik was very powerful, but Yehuda on some level was even more powerful. Because Yaisif was already in a powerful position. Yehuda was not. And yet he, he stood in an inner Malchustic power. As a preparation for the David Avdi Nasi Lehem La'ilam. And David, my servant, says Hashem, 
will be the Nasi over all of them, all the nations forever. And that's why it says this, Yehuda Shalach Lafan of says Lahiris Lafan of Krishna. Yehuda was sent when the when the family of Yaakov Avinu went down to Mitzrayim, Yehuda was sent first to establish a, a place of Tyre, a yeshiva. And it's interesting. Yosef acted with Mitzrayim. Um, and and according to Paro's decree, he gave Meitava Arik the best of the land to Yaakov and his sons. So why did you need Yehuda to go there first? to find a place that would be good for them? And the answer is that, again, Yosef did what Paro told him to do. And Paro said, give these people the best of the land. What caused Paro to decide to give us the best of the land and then to tell Yosef to do it? What caused Paro to do it was the strength of Yehuda, the determination, the Ga'in Yaakov of Yehuda, caused Paro to decide that we need the best of the land. And we'll end off here. The Nakuda of, we'll end off with this. The Nakuda of is this. The Taik of a Yid, of a, of a Yid in Eilam Hazah, at the time of Gullus, and all Malchias are called Mitzrayim. All Gullises that we've been in are called Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is kind of a template for all Gullises. There are two ways that we can be in Gullis and two ways that we can live in Gullis. One way, Aleph. Our Taikif is only as much as is possible according to the, the laws of nature in the world at that time. You can be as strong as the laws of nature and as determined as the laws of nature will allow you. And especially in Gullus. You can only be as powerful as the limitations of Gullus and the laws of that country will allow you to do. And then there's a whole other way. In Gullus, in a strong Gullus, the Yid can stand completely higher than all things of the world, completely higher than all the nations, and completely higher than Gullus. And he can act with a taikaf, with a power, so that he has the kayach to actually transform with his determination the laws of the land and the conduct of the land. That means that the taikaf of Yehuda, the power of Yehuda, achieves that a yid is not only a maishal and shal, a yid is a big ruler and a balabayas on the nations of the world in Gullah. A yid is a balabayas on the nations in the time of Gullah, although it feels like they're the rulers of us. We are the rulers of them. But we become their rulers if we tune into the pure emes and go'ayin yakum and taikas of Yehuda. According, so we become masters, rulers, in gullus over the nations. According to the, the klalim, the rules of the world of gullus. 
as it was by Yosef. It was a dark Gullus in Mitzrayim, the original Gullus, and yet he was the ruler. And the way it comes out with the strength, the ability for all of that to happen was because of the power of Yaakov. And it was in such a way that the Yid stands completely higher than Gullus while he's in Gullus. With that determination of truth, of Tyrus Emmas, Yid is able to stand completely higher than Gullus. So we'll continue tomorrow. We'll continue tomorrow with a, a, a story from, I believe, the Gemara, where we see that this originated from, where this happened in history. And until then, we say, Hashem, give us the Ga'in Yaakov, the strength, the power to stand up for truth and in a Lebedeca way to stand for truth. Classically, Yidin did. They said, Shema Yisrael, they stood up for truth and they left the world. We don't want to leave the world anymore. We want to be in the world and bring the whole world to the recognition of the, of the Abdi David Nasi Lahem La'ilam. Recognition of the Gula Mitzvah May we find ourselves immediately there in the base of Mitzvah Shlishi now.